Read. There is speculation that the deep state has decided it is time for Joe Biden to go. I, I've long argued that the only way that Joe Biden will not run for re-election, barring just the real impossibility, like he dies or something, is if the deep state decides they don't want him to. The, o- the only way that Hunter Biden or Joe Biden will ever be held accountable legally for bribery or any of the other criminal activities they appear to have been involved in over the years is if the deep state decides it's time for them to go. I mean, that, that's the only way any of this stuff is going to happen. And there's a flag that is has been raised that has a lot of people thinking, uh-oh. It looks, in fact, like perhaps the deep state is beginning the process of getting rid of Joe Biden. Now, this comes about because of an editorial that was posted in the Washington Post by David Ignatius. Now, many of you may not know that name. This is, uh, he's an elite left guy and he has ties to the, the CIA. And this is the guy that, uh, was, is leads oftentimes with tidbits of information. He, uh, is the guy that led, really got the whole Russian hoax going and, you know, the dossier, um, the, the letter with the. Uh, 51 CIA current and, cur- or current and former agents all uh, falsely claiming that the Hunter Biden laptop story wasn't real, that that was Russian disinformation. So all of these, the, the, the beginnings of so many disinformation campaigns that have come out of the deep state, it seems like he's the go-to guy that is being provided the information. And he has written a, a, a piece arguing that Joe Biden needs to step aside. So many people, they don't see this as, well, here's just some liberal uh, columnist who has decided for the good of the party. They see this as a signal uh, that, all right, the, the deep state is ready. And so this is part of making it happen. It is to show that, uh uh-oh, here you have Democrats in the establishment that are thinking that this needs to happen, and so that this is potentially the beginning of the end of Joe Biden. Uh, It may not be that, of course, but this is a bit of what the chatter is. In fact, there's a piece I'll share with you after we get the the latest news update here. Uh, In the Washington Examiner, the deep state tells Biden to retire, and it's a good summation of uh, what we've been seeing over the last 24 hours of, or so. Uh, in fact, Ignatius had a, a very 
long segment on MSNBC yesterday. I think it was yesterday morning or the day prior with with Morning Joe, and uh, in which he he spoke at great length and was questioned about his thinking on this and and was given a lot of airtime in order to articulate why it is time for Joe Biden to step aside and allow some other Democrat to step in so that and and the Ignatius theme here is that it's necessary for what reason? Well, to prevent Trump from becoming president of the United States. See, that's the great fear of the deep state that once again, the people's president, not a deep state president, not a swamp president, but but a guy that doesn't care for the deep state will get in there. And in fact, Ignatius argues that uh, by stepping, that if, if Joe Biden runs again, he could possibly do the undo, rather, his greatest contribution, and that is making sure that Trump didn't have a second term. And that, of course, is for the left. I think it's a very telling argument being made by Ignatius that uh, that if Biden runs again, he will undo his greatest legacy, which was preventing Trump from having a second term, arguing that he could provide Trump a, a second term if he tries to run again. And that it isn't, you know, his greatest accomplishments, not the economy. It's not the border. It's not Afghanistan. I mean, obviously, it's none of these things. It's just they hate Trump so much. That's all that mattered. And that's essentially what they campaign on. And that's all that they, of course, have to campaign on. So I want to read to you that summation here regarding this this understanding that perhaps this is the beginning of the deep state getting the wheels in motion, using uh, the media in order to get the narrative set to Democrats that it's time for Joe to go. First, the latest news update. Good morning, everyone. I'm Color 10's Angela Luna. A deadly motorcycle crash during evening rush hour in Springfield after the motorcycle collided with a car. The crash happened on Glenstone and Grand, and police tell us the motorcyclist was not wearing a helmet. Color 10 spoke to a woman who saw the entire thing and ran to help the motorcyclist. Rhonda Schmember, a former trauma nurse, witnessed the crash and went to aid the man on the ground. Police are reminding drivers to be cautious on the road, and safe bikers should always wear a helmet. An unusual police chase is raising questions about what kind of pets you can have inside city limits. Body cam video from Tuesday night shows two officers chasing after a pet lemur that got loose in South Springfield. Springfield Green County Health says the owners of the lemur were cooperative in handling their pet over to animal control. The lemur will eventually head to a sanctuary or a zoo. For the latest news, tune into Fox 49 at 5 and 6. I'm Angela Luna. First alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny 79 today, mostly clear tonight down to 54. And tomorrow, a repeat of today, sunshine with a high of 79. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. The deep state telling Biden to retire. Washington Examiner piece John Schindler writing that it is the worst kept secret in Washington. Joe Biden is too old to be president. His increasing senility cannot be hidden from the public any longer. Recent polling indicates more than two-thirds of Democrats think Biden is too elderly to serve another term in the Oval Office. The problem Democrats face is who to replace Biden with. Vice President Kamala Harris may be much younger, but she's even less popular than Biden. Any Republican opponent would likely easily defeat Harris, who apparently can't get through an interview without awkward laughter. 
The Democratic bench, looking at 2024 as weak, thanks to eight years of devastating local and state-local setbacks during Obama's presidency, which liberals ignored then but deeply regret now. It was only a matter of time before a major liberal pundit came forward to publicly deliver the bad news. Joe, it is time to go. Now it's happened, care of David Ignatius, a Washington Post associate editor and senior foreign affairs writer. Ignatius has thrown down the gauntlet to Biden with a column bluntly titled, President Biden should not run again in 2024. Dispensing the required pleasantries about Biden's remarkable string of wins, Ignatius adds, what I admire most about President Biden is that in a polarized nation, he is governed from the center out. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. The left loves to fancy themselves as being center, of course. Finally, Ignatius does get to the point, quote, but I don't think Biden and Vice President Harris should run for re-election. It's painful to say this, given my admiration for much of what they have accomplished. But if he and Harris campaign together in 2024, I think Biden risks undoing his greatest achievement, which was stopping Trump. Ignatius states the obvious. Joe is too old for the job, adding acidly, Biden's age isn't just a Fox News trope. It's been the subject of dinner table conversations across America this summer. Ignatius then switches to Harris and why she's hopeless too, sticking in the shiv. Quote, Harris may or has many laudable qualities, but the simple fact is that she has failed to gain traction in a country or in this country or even within her own party. Ignatius advises Joe to go away preferably soon so as to allow the Democrats time to assemble a better team to win the White House in 2024. Quote, time is running out, he says. The public lecture will have caused gnashing of teeth at the White House. Ignatius is a top member of the Democrat media elite, see. The son of a prominent Democratic player, Paul Ignatius, still alive at almost the age of 103, who served as Secretary of the Navy and President of the Washington Post, the younger Ignatius, Ignatius was raised in Washington, D.C. educated at St. Albans, then Harvard. He worked in top-level D.C. journalism for over four decades and has been at the Post since 1986. David Ignatius is the Washington Democratic media elite wrapped in one person. But there is another side of Ignatius, too, and here's where things get interesting. For decades, Ignatius has cultivated a close relationship with the international community, particularly the Central Intelligence Agency. It's common knowledge in spook circles that Ignatius has long served as the unofficial CIA spokesman. His post columns form a better guide to what's happening out at Langley than official CIA press releases do. When Ignatius comments on intelligence matters, as he frequently does, it's often Langley's leadership, who spooks call the seventh floor, that is actually doing the talking. This is an open secret in Washington. Ignatius also writes spy novels, lots of them, many of which are thinly veiled retellings of real-life real life actual espionage operations that were presumably told to him by CIA officials. One of those novels was even praised on the CIA's official website as a novel, but not fiction. 
that Ignatius has Langley's imprimatur is indicated by his regular appearances with CIA senior officials. Therefore, Ignatius perhaps isn't just speaking for himself with his latest post column. True, Ignatius's suggestion that Karen Bass would make a good Democratic president in 2024 is a strange one, given that the former congresswoman and current L.A. mayor enjoyed a very close relationship with Cuban intelligence for years. Nevertheless, Ignatius's main point, it's time to go, Joe, cannot be misinterpreted. For all the Republican rants against the deep state since 2016, it seems that top intelligent officials have decided that the elderly president, who now faces an impeachment inquiry in the GOP-controlled House of Representatives amid plausible, if not yet proven, allegations of corruption involving communist China, need to be shown the door as soon as possible. Your friends, they say, stab you in the front. That's John Schindler, who served with the National Security Agency as a senior intelligence analyst and counterintelligence officer. Uh, as, as I've said on numerous occasions, there's such a, a, a mirrored relationship or, or image, the, 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 the polar opposites, the way that the Democrat Party and its relationship with its voters operate versus currently the way that the Republican Party operates with its voters. The Democrat Party, it's becoming more and more apparent. They, they tell their voters, here's what you're going to do, and they obey. They're very obedient. You, you look at the current situation as it stands, and you have two-thirds of Democrats that say they don't want Biden to be the nominee, but they're told... This is who you're going to vote for. And when the polling, when they're polled, okay, we know you don't want him to be the nominee, uh, but whom is it you're going to vote for? Most of those people who say they don't want him to be the nominee say that they will vote for him. Now, why would they do that? Well, it's because they are dealing with a political party that is essentially telling them this is going to be your choice. They're telling them that by you know, trying to switch around the, the schedule of primaries and caucuses to put South Carolina first ahead of Iowa and New Hampshire so that the first contest will be a victory for Biden, or at least so they expect. They do it by refusing to hold any debates where Biden will face any sort of challenges. And while the, the Democratic National Committee, they say, well, it's not necessarily uncommon. You know, when Trump was running for reelection, uh, he did not have, uh, you know, the RNC did not hold primary debates. Well, I think everyone recognizes it's different. For one, you didn't have two thirds of Republican voters saying that they didn't want Trump to be the nominee. You had like 80 to 90 percent or plus of Republican voters, and there weren't any other individuals that were running serious campaigns out there with any name recognition whatsoever. Clearly not the case with Joe Biden. This isn't new. Ask any Bernie Sanders supporter who decided that Hillary Clinton was going to be the nominee when she ran years ago for 2016. They'll tell you that the entire thing was rigged. 
You had Donna Brazil at the time working for CNN, and she forwarded, it would be revealed, the questions ahead of time to Hillary Clinton when she was going to be debating um, uh, Bernie Sanders. In Iowa, when there was a tie in six different areas between Sanders and Hillary Clinton and the rules dictate that you do a coin toss to determine the winner, six coin tosses. Guess who won all six of them? You know what the odds of that are? Flipping a coin six times and having it land the same each and every time. This isn't unusual. This isn't anything new. And so what we're watching here, once again, it is the, the, the apparatus, the Democrat Party apparatus, which we've learned is so, so, so far beyond just the DNC. It involves the deep state as well. And this looks like this is the deep state beginning the process of getting Joe Biden out of the way. Now, I mentioned it's the polar opposite of the relationship that the Republican Party has with its voters, because while the Democrat Party tells its voters, here's what you're going to do. And even when they say, we don't want this guy, they're obedient. The Republican Party has spent a very long time, well, since Trump, telling its voters very clearly, do not support this guy. And the voters are like, screw you. We're going to do what we want to do. <laughs> we don't care what you say. This is our party. You're not going to tell us for whom to vote. We did that for a long while. You told us that we had to choose John McCain. He was the one who could win. We saw how that worked out. And by the way, he was the, the guy who sunk overturning Obamacare. You told us to pick Mitt Romney. He was the one guy that could reach across the aisle and, and beat Barack Obama. And uh, we saw how that turned out. He was also the guy that helped protect Hunter Biden and Joe Biden going into the election by refusing to allow an investigation to go forward with the committee he was on in the U.S. Senate. And so you have this... It's really interesting because Democrat voters, especially the activists, they really enjoy painting themselves as being anti-establishment and we're independent-minded people. Yet they are so freaking obedient that even when consistently, since polling for re-election has taken place, two-thirds of them say, we don't want Joe Biden to be the nominee. But when they're asked, okay, but you know who you're supposed to vote for, right? They're like, oh, yes, we know. We will vote for Joe Biden. Meanwhile, Republicans scream, don't vote for Trump. He's the one that's going to cause you to lose. Republican voters are like, we're going to do what we want to do. You don't tell us. We tell you. It's very interesting, isn't it? Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. We are on Facebook Live. 1041 Nick Reed. That is sponsored by Springfield Wraps. They wrap vehicles, they wrap walls, they wrap countertops. You can see if you watch online the, the, the walls in the uh, studio, and if you can. Uh, I don't know that you can see the countertops, but all those were wrapped by Springfield Wraps. In fact, they did the design of the studio. Tomorrow, we will be broadcasting live from Scramblers 6A to 9A. That's sponsored by Affordable Towing. I think uh, Ryan from A1 Custom Car Care will be stopping by, pay us a visit. Of course, um, you know they are so big on making you as informed as possible. They recognize that. I mean, I'm listening this morning. We talked about it yesterday, and and 
the relationship that the head of the unions have with the Democrat Party is completely, without question, destroying the audio industry in this country, destroying it, which is pretty funny because you know the Democrats love to try and claim that they save the auto industry and the unions love to claim that they save the auto industry. They are destroying it. They're going to turn us into a country like you see in some of these third world countries where only the really, really, really wealthy people can afford new vehicles and everybody else has vehicles. Half of them don't work any longer and the other ones are just sort of patched together because they've got 350, 400,000 miles on them and they're 30 years old. That's what they're doing to this country. I, it is just absolutely remarkable. And A1 Custom Car Care, they know that knowledge, while it clearly isn't going to prevent every problem from occurring with your vehicle, it can certainly extend the life and quality of your vehicle. And as we see these, frankly, socialist policies, economic policies in the, in the vehicle industry take hold and vehicles becoming more and more and more expensive, uh, it becomes more and more important to be as knowledgeable as possible. And it's one of the reasons that Ryan stops by uh, every other week out at Scramblers with us and that Dustin and Sarah, of course, co-host the show A1 Custom Car Care that you can hear Every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. right here on Springfield's Talk 1041. You had the Wendy's Frosty yesterday, you said? I and, did, and yes. And you gave it a good, what, seven, seven it and a half out of ten? It was a seven out of ten. Yeah. It still was pretty full of spice, but it wasn't oh, like over the top. Yeah, because it's pumpkin spice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes it can get real just like in your face, but it wasn't terrible. So. Is, yeah, this is coming up. I mentioned yesterday that um, the... I read a review of the pumpkin spice frosty from Wendy's and the person who reviewed it, it, it was a, for a publication, uh, noted that it, you know, that uh, it surprised him or her a bit because it wasn't as uh, stark in flavor as oftentimes pumpkin spice things are. I think sometimes they're like, oh, I don't think they're going to get it. We got to really give it pumpkin yeah, I spice. Yeah, got to punch you right in the gotta face punch with that in the spice. Face. Pumpkin punch. Uh, but yeah, so this way it, it wasn't bam quite so much. No, it was pretty it good. Right. Yeah, because I'm not a big fan of pumpkin spice. Okay, it well, is in your face. Well, okay, so you giving it then a seven out of ten that is quite the compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I'd mention that next week I'm just really plugging for whatever reason the hell out of Wendy's. So um, you got uh, Chelsea over there on Power. She does she does an endorsement for them, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. What a gig that is! Sweet gig. Uh, National Cheeseburger Day evidently is next week, one day, and so between September 18th and 22nd, if you have the Wendy's app, then you can get a Junior Bacon Cheeseburger with any purchase for a penny. Wow. There you go. It's a pretty good deal. I got it. I got the app. I know you do, along with 27 other yeah, food do apps. Do you know Culver's doesn't have an app? Yes, I know this. We've had this discussion. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'm I'm getting old. Like oh, we talked about this yet? I'm getting like Joe. Oh no! Just telling stories over and over again. Except instead of mine being lies, they're just food-related stories. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna get a traffic update here, and then I'm gonna uh, I want to talk about something that um I know some of you are not gonna like. Uh, but we got to be real, okay? We got to be real, and it has to do with Senator Josh Hawley. So just prepare yourselves. If you are in this for information and intellectualism and and not just because you are a 
Republican Party puppet that whatever the Republican Party says goes, and these are my Republican members of Congress and in the Senate, and so whatever they say is good, uh, then, you know, if, you, if, if, that's, if you're not that, then you're probably going to be okay for this. But if you are devoted to every elected official that has a R next to their name, it may be a bit uncomfortable for you. Which now, by the way, it's just my opinion. I'm not going to reveal anything scandalous. This has to do with legislation he's proposing. That is the same legislation that is, as uh, just uh, a couple of years ago, was proposed by Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez. Here's traffic. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny 79 today, mostly clear tonight. 54, sunny 79 tomorrow. Money Watch has a story. Republican lawmaker proposes a cap on credit card interest rates. Credit card companies should be barred from setting their own interest rates, at least higher than 18%. A Republican lawmaker from Missouri proposed Tuesday. If passed, U.S. Senator Josh Hawley's bill, the Capping Credit Card Interest Rate Act, would also block credit card companies from introducing new fees aimed at evading the cap and penalize leaders with annual percentage rates that exceed 18%. I want to be very clear. This is the definition of fascism. In a, under a fascist government, Private entities, private companies are allowed to exist, but the government gets to decide what products and services you provide, how much you get to charge. That's fascism. I know some people, I don't know, may not like that it is, but it is. Holly's bill comes as Americans are grappling with record high credit card rates while carrying slightly more than a trillion in credit card debt. The average credit card rate has been inching towards 21% for the past three months and was 20.68 as of last week, making it more expensive for consumers to carry balances, according to bank rate data. Holly's office didn't immediately respond to a request for a comment. In a statement, Holly said Americans are being crushed by credit card debt while financial institutions are enjoying larger profits. Are these talking points coming straight from Bernie Sanders? I mean, this is exactly what they say about industries that they don't like. How many times have we heard the Democrats trot out the line that the oil industry is, you know, breaking the American people, that it's the oil industry's fault, not their fault. It's the oil industry's fault. And that they're enjoying these massive profits. I mean, every time that that's their counter to their economic policy failures. Every time it is noted that uh, that you know the cost of this has increased this much or that. What do they say? Oh, it's the evil corporations. And look at all their profits. Oh, all they're trying to do is they're trying to make profits. And so, what what is the deal here? Again, just to make sure, I'm not misunderstanding this. In a statement, Holly said Americans are being crushed by credit card debt while financial institutions are enjoying larger profits. Quote, the government was quick to bail out the banks just this spring, but it has ignored working people struggling to get ahead, he said, referring to Silicon Valley Bank and other regional banks that collapsed earlier this year, prompting the federal government to step in. Capping the maximum credit card interest rate is fair. 
common sense and gives the working class a chance. Again, not Bernie Sanders or or Ocasio-Cortez statement, Josh Hawley. Higher food prices, clothing, housing due to inflation have forced many Americans to lean more heavily on their credit cards to purchase everyday items. And by the way, let me tell you another reason I don't like this, aside from the fact I'm against fascism. And I support a free market system, which this is, this is an attack on the free market system. Is it absolves the, the, the Biden administration's responsibility for these problems? This is like suing gun manufacturers because of killings that occur. To claim that, you know, or to use as justification the fact that everything is costing more. And because of that, people are utilizing their credit cards more, that the credit cards are the ones that need to be punished. They're the ones that that the government needs to come in and start making these dictates to because of the policies of the Biden administration. The piece notes, while Hawley's bill has little chance of passing, he's using the proposal as a political strategy to further cement himself as a conservative populist. Wall Street analysts said on Tuesday, at best, the Senate Banking Committee may bring it up for a vote just to get Republican lawmakers on the record as exposing the measure. Janet Seberg, an analyst at T-Day Cohen, said in a research note Tuesday, saying this is part of a broader populist attack on risk-based pricing. The argument is that it is fundamentally unfair for those with the most to pay the least for credit. Matt Schultz, credit analyst at LendingTree, also said the bill will face tough opposition in Congress, noting that Senator Bernie Sanders... And Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez also proposed a cap on interest rates in 2019, only to see the measure lose momentum. Now, theirs was 15%. Holly is at 18%. And this is where, unfortunately, the elite class of Republicans have taken us to where their policies and their approaches are becoming increasingly the same as Democrats. It's just a matter of numbers. So in other words, instead of the Democrats being the party that we should dictate to companies and businesses what, how much of the profits that they can make, how much that they can charge, while Republicans would say, uh, no, this is called a free market system. And in a liberty-centered system, the government does not dictate those things. You have Republicans that say, oh, yes, we do, but we just want to dictate it differently. We just have different numbers. So our approach is still the same. You know, the free market system should not be the rule of the day. It should be government making these decisions. We just have different numbers than than they do. Uh, one can try to get into the mind of John. I, I happen to think this is just my assessment. that Josh Hawley doesn't really have true like convictions in terms of liberty and a free market system that he kind of just puts his finger to the wind and like, oh, people have a lot of credit card debt, so uh, what can I do to show that I care? 
And if he if he senses being on the side of a free market system is something that will benefit him, then he will champion that. But if he thinks that taking the fascistic approach of government dictating the business, uh, what they're going to do, you know, then then he's going to take that Bernie Sanders Ocasio-Cortez approach, which is what he's doing with this. And of course, and I'm just telling you that this is the destruction of liberty and freedom. It isn't, frankly, ultimately the Democrats we have to worry about. It is when Republicans convince Republican voters that the Democrat way of doing things is actually good and conservative. And that's what is being done here. This is no different than when you have Republicans pop up and support red flag gun laws. Or you have Republicans pop up and say, well, I mean, I support the Second Amendment and everything, but, you know, uh, nobody needs to have this, so I'm going to support this gun control measure. We saw that with legislation over the last couple of years. A number of, of Republicans, particularly in the Senate, support some gun control measures. Th- this, is, this is the same thing. You either do believe that government should come in and tell industries what they can and cannot do, what they can and can't charge, what products and services that they can't, or you believe in a free market system. It's one of the two. This approach is no different than the approach of telling car manufacturers that you have to make this many EVs. That you have to, you know, here's a a number, and by this year, you have to, you can't make any more than this number of gasoline-powered vehicles. And the danger here is what, what will happen is you will have, in cases like this, Republicans explain to you, well, this is different. This isn't the same as when Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders uh, demand that government interfere in the free market system uh, because when I'm doing it, it's good. See? Because I have decided that this company is doing something bad. Well, that's the exact same rationale. Democrats and socialists and fascists, it's the exact same rationale. This isn't. I'm not here to say Josh Hawley's a bad guy. I'm just telling you this is the this is how liberty ends. This is how it ends. When you have people who masquerade as being free market people, convince you that they are while doing the same thing that the anti free market people do. that it's actually somehow conservative to do what Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez try and do. Because once they get enough of their uh, of us to believe that because well, you know, I'm a Republican and and I like when Josh Hawley and Josh Hawley does a lot of fantastic things. Josh Hawley is great. He is great when it comes to grilling witnesses. He is fantastic at that. He he's he's you know, in that whole arena of the Jim Jordans and the Trey Gowdies when he was still in Congress, and he is one of the best. But what they rely on is bringing people into the anti-free market system by being, you know, getting you to be a fan in certain areas so that you sort of are okay with other things. 
kind of a bait and switch almost. And I'm not saying that's why he stands up on the side of liberty sometimes. You know, it's to trick people into being big government people. I'm not saying that. I just say we've got to be consistent. Otherwise, it's over. If small government, free market system Republicans start support or continue to support people who push Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders legislation, like Josh Hawley's doing in this instance, then there's no reason not to just vote for people like Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez. At least when it comes to issues of the free market system, you're either for a free market system or you're not. This isn't the first time, incidentally, there's a story from a couple years ago, Josh Hawley and Rick Scott's bizarre support for socialist price control. So uh, this isn't an anomaly, unfortunately, to see Josh Hawley jump in and decide to use the left-wing tactics of using government in order to try and control private industry. And I, listen, I'm, I'm not naive. I know how this works. He'll win, and he'll be a U.S. senator as long as he wants to. But again, that's how liberty dies. And that's the voters that choose that. Springfield's talk one. See, I told you that wasn't going to be a fun conversation. Sometimes the truth ain't fun, friends. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Sarah Myers, Thank you. Well, hunting season is among us. And if you are needing to get prepared for this hunting season, right now is a great time to take a trip down to Quick Draw Gun in Monette. Brad and his team down at Quick Draw, they have everything you need from maybe an ammo restock to firearm accessories. I know that they also posted on their Facebook, I guess it was earlier this week, some of their high-vis apparel. I believe it was, um, I believe they were showing off some of their new beanies. And of course, uh, they can help you add a new firearm to your collection as well. So make sure you're prepared for hunting season this year by business. By, good Lord, what is wrong with me today? Do you have I an answer? Know. No. I, I don't either. I don't ever know the answer to that question. I don't question. either. All right. But anyways, go visit my friends down at Quick Draw Gun. You can find all of their contact information, uh, their address, their store hours. All of that information is housed under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. A question on the American Transmissions talk and text line. What is the name of the legislation? What is he calling it regarding Josh Hawley uh, trying to move forward the legislation that failed? That was Bernie Sanders Ocasio-Cortez legislation in 2019. Uh, This is he's calling it the capping credit card interest rate act. And another text coming in saying common sense credit card reform. This is why Republicans get their butts kicked. Now make no mistake about it. And this is the, this isn't so much honestly about Hawley and this, listen, I'm not saying Josh Hawley's this horrible, awful, you know, person. He's the worst Senator ever. Like I said, he's very, very good at a lot of things. And he is, he is an asset. He is an absolute asset, not just to Missouri, but to this country when it comes to questioning people in hearings. Definitely. That's one. That's not the only thing, but but he certainly does the American people a benefit in doing that. But that doesn't mean that we should go, oh, well, then everything he does is wonderful, especially when it is pushing price controls on companies. So the capping credit card interest rate act. Ask, so interest. And this here's the other thing. This will be appealing to a lot of Republicans. Well, yeah, that's just not right to charge that much. OK, so that's how our government is supposed to work then. Government is supposed to decide what the right amount is a company can charge for their services. I mean, is that what you believe? If so, stop complaining about socialism. Stop complaining about communism. 
the, yeah, I, you, you can't on one hand, I mean, I guess you can, but it's hypocritical and it's not honest to complain about government making those decisions, but then support it just because a Republican does it or because you personally like, well, no, I, yeah, you know, I, I, I use credit cards. I choose to use credit cards. And in choosing that, my interest rates are really high and I don't like that. Guess what? There are a lot of people out there that took out student loans and they don't like the fact that they have to pay them back. Oh, we didn't like that, did we? We got to be honest with ourselves. We got to be consistent with ourselves. And if what and an interest rate that's the that's the cost of the service. That that is that is that is where that's the the where they make, you know, the revenue. That's cuz they got to make money, right? What is the difference between do you know what the markup is on beverages, on alcohol? Particularly when you go, you know, go to a bar. I, I mean, it, it, how can we honestly say it's okay for the government to come in and set the limit that credit card companies can charge? Uh, I guess then everyone else, restaurants, Radio State, whatever company you work for, have the government come in and say, you know what, I just, I don't agree with that amount of money that you guys make. You guys uh, get 20% for every uh, dollar that you charge for that service. It's only costing you 80 cents. That 20%, that is too much. You know what, we're going to cap it at five or 15 or whatever number we want. Is that what we support? Ask the people of Venezuela. Ask the people of former Soviet Union. Ask the people of Cuba how that works out. This is where it becomes up to us. And this is where we can't complain about socialism if we support it whenever it benefits us. Or fascism or communism. They're all forms of government controlling the private industry, as is this. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. All right. We got a great author of the week coming up, sponsored by ABC Books in the 8 o'clock hour. Christy Fulnecki is going to be joining us in the 7 a.m. hour. We got two more hours of incredibleness coming your way. 